This podcast may contain disturbing content for some listeners. It's intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. documentaries um and i'm already in that that realm as both a fan and and my other work involves writing scary things and producing scary things but there comes a point in time where like you can only do so much rape 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 murder 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 and so the stuff that i've tried to do in like what i guess would be our off time um when we don't you know really have like a, a main idea you know, I, I, I'm one of those people where if I screw up on something, I'll, I'll eventually admit it. Um, I try to own it. But in our off time here, I don't think it's a screw up to cover cases that sort of fly by and the, there's, there's so many like DNA related cases and murder cases and missing persons cases that are getting a lot of big attention. Some of these cases that I grab onto, they're like smaller cases that are sort of a headline for a minute. And really there's more to it if you look underneath. And I like doing those. I particularly like it when it gives me a little bit of a break from the killing side of things because it, it, it gets very dark and very deep to constantly immerse yourself into the more horrible things that human beings do to other human beings. So this is a lighter episode on purpose, um, you know, because we'll be back to the murder in no time. And what we have planned sort of picking up after Halloween is very, it's, it's what we get into uh, these series of murders where there's really nobody looking into them, but they get like a, like the, the first series after Halloween will be this series of murders that got like a big flash of attention and then nothing happened. And we wanted to dig into that. So we've, we've been doing that since we were already digging around in Louisiana. So, Unfortunately, in this episode, there is no rape, there is no murder, and there's no missing people. This week, have you, I don't even know, like, do you read the news regularly, like, other than true crime? I don't even read true crime news. I get it all from you. This is, um, this was, like, one of the more interesting things I've uh, seen. So, early October... A case starts unveiling against a Navy engineer in the United States and his wife. So it's a a guy named Jonathan and his wife, Diana. And I can't say his last name. It's T-O-E-B-B-E, Teb, Tobe. Tob, I think. Um, So Jonathan Tobe is accused of passing on design information about sophisticated Virginia-class submarines to someone he thought represented a foreign government. 
But in actuality, this person was an undercover FBI agent. And he reached out to this foreign country in April of 2020. And he was offering up information about submarines. And he was he provided instructions on how to maintain a furtive dialogue. So I had to actually, like this, reading this, uh, I had to go. What was that word you used? Furtive. I had to go look things up related to this. Furtive. F-U-R-T-I-V-E. Like I, I actually, like it's all written very bizarrely. It is. Uh, it's really weird. Furtive means to keep it secret because I'll get in trouble. That's what it means. Oh, I don't know if I shared it with you. Uh, d- did you read the um, the warrants, the write-up to get, did you read up the write-ups for the warrants? That is why we're here. Is that you're talking about the government documents related to the criminal complaint? I believe so, yeah. Uh, I, I did end up reading all uh, 25 or 26 pages of the criminal complaint. What, what stood out to you? The ridiculousness of it, basically. Because <laughs> it hasn't, like, it's it's all quoted, right? Right. And I, and I actually, now I don't know what I got from the article versus what I got from the criminal, yeah, the criminal complaint, right. And there's 24 pages, yeah. um, but reading it, like I was laughing. It's a laughable, it's, it's, it is serious, but like the ridiculousness of it is, it's interesting. And you know, what actually caught my attention the most was that he initially asked for $100,000 as a show of good faith, and they gave him ten. Yeah. That's a whole, like, place. <laughs> when you get into national security, so first of all, national security, restricted data, confidential data, top secret data, you you literally get into an area that even the the people enforcing the laws don't completely understand. The documents related to this are basically this one FBI special agent swearing out a criminal complaint alleging a violation of the Atomic Energy Act. I just so that's that's what the charge is. The charge is violating the Atomic Energy Act. And on my best day, I could not imagine waking up and someone saying that I'd violated the Atomic Energy Act. Right. And so uh, what that says is the Atomic Energy Act prohibits inter alia individuals who have possession of, access to, control over, or are entrusted with any document, writing, sketch, photograph, plan, model, instrument, appliance, note, or information involving or incorporating restricted data from communicating, transmitting, or disclosing it to any individual or person or attempting or conspiring to do so with the intent to injure the United States or to secure an advantage to any foreign nation. (laughs) Now, right on its face, what does anything stand out? From what you just said? Well, I just read like the act. Basically. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, uh, I, mean, I can tell you what I see immediately. Um, what I see immediately is from that, I dug further because I couldn't figure out if, like, like, how does this even start, right? So Jonathan, Jonathan uh, Tubb, he reaches out to a 
the government of this other country, and he tells them to give the information to their military intelligence unit or something like that. Right. And they turn around and give it to the United States. They give it back to the United States. Okay. Now it, so the parts of the act that I find relevant is it requires the intent to injure the United States or to secure an advantage to any foreign nation. Okay. I would argue immediately that because the country gave it back to the United States and let them know what was happening, that um, it didn't, it wasn't an advantage to the foreign nation and that just because somebody else has uh, technology doesn't mean it's necessarily going to injure the United States. Or that he intended to injure the United States. Now, oh, you know they made copies. They were like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna send right, this." Right, but there's nothing wrong with multiple countries having the same submarine or the information about the submarines. Um, but to the counterpoint of that would be that he realizes that he's doing something wrong, and so that sucks because that's going to be really hard to overcome. Yeah, it, it's it, the intent, though, is that he wants money. And so what they're going to argue here is that he knew what he was doing was wrong. That's why they're so specific saying that he used furtive language. And his literal translation, among other things, says, I apologize for this poor translation into your language. Please forward this letter to your military intelligence agency. I believe this information will be of great value to your nation. This is not a hoax. So, okay, first of all, uh, the FBI's attache, which is uh, Ligat, in the country, which is not identified in here, they obtained a package from Country One that representatives in their country had received in April of 2020 through a mail carrier from the United States by an unidentified subject who was attempting to establish a covert relationship. They're all very careful with this language, by the way. The package contained U.S. Navy documents, a letter containing instructions, and an SD card containing specific instructions on how, in, in the document it's identified as Country One, should respond using an encrypted communication platform and additional documents. In the letter, the sender stated a desire to sell documents containing U.S. Navy information marked confidential that included printouts, digital media files, containing technical details, operations manuals, and performance reports. The letter requested the transmission of the enclosed technical data be delivered to the Country One's military intelligence agency, which that's when that quote comes in. The package that contained the material described was in a brown envelope with four U.S. postage stamps, a postal barcade, barcode, a postal barcode, and a sent date of April 1st, 2020. I would argue right there. It was an April Fool's joke. The return address was identified as a location in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So the FBI gets this information through uh, their legal attache, their legat. Basically, they're informed by a subject matter expert at the U.S. Navy with knowledge of the documents included in the package that these documents are U.S. government-issued documents containing restrictive data. And the restricted data, it's spelled out in – you read the Atomic Energy Act. 
basically they had somebody look at it and that guy says this is restricted data. On December 23rd, the FBI analyzed the encryption keys that were in the SD card. There were three keys located on the card. Uh, Alice Hill with a public key, Bob Burns with a private key, and a Proton Mail public key. In cryptography, Alice and Bob are commonly used as placeholders in discussions about cryptographic protocols or systems. The FBI noted that the public key for Alice Hill had two subkeys, and the first subkey was used to sign and certify. Same thing with um, Bob Burns. It had two subkeys. The first key was to sign and certify. The second key was for encryption. They're able to take the SD card, which has been returned to them, and they're able to connect it to a computer with a particular Mac operating system. Basically, they could figure out that it was Mac OS. So the FBI does what, you know, good FBI agents would do. And they put in poor translations responding back to him saying, we received your letter. We want to work with you. It's been many months. So we need to know if you're still there. Respond to this message. Uh, and We'll provide instruction on how to proceed. And that was on December 26th of 2020. So it took from April to de- until December. Right. And so that involved whomever he initially um, reached out to. Right. Getting back to whoever, you know, would eventually do something about it here. And so that's how much time it took. Right. I feel like it probably really just took that long for somebody to. Uh, this is um because they were like, oh, what is this? And they're like, oh, it has something to do with the United States. Let's just give it back to them. Because all that you read, like, and then they had to figure out what the guy was saying because he goes like beyond ridiculous in his covertness, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure why he was trying to wipe his electronic footprint so intensely when like they were just going to hand it to them anyway. Yeah, that's that's like it's so weird because he gave the FBI a direct line to him by doing that. Well, he even says like you might not be who I think you are. Yeah. It's well, so sad. He knows. It's like he's getting catfished. Yeah, so so the chain of events happens like this. On February 10th of this year, 2021, responding to the message from December 26th of 2020, The Alice Key responds and states, thank you for contacting me. I'm still here. The COVID disease has made it more difficult to find chances to check this email. Let us discuss how to proceed. So then two weeks later, on February 24th, an FBI agent who is acting in an undercover capacity over the Internet, he responds and states, we understand the delay. We hope you're well. Our experts review the information we would like as a sample a specific section of U.S. Navy's information. We have a trusted friend in your country who has a gift for you to compensate your efforts. So March 5th, Alice. um, So, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, the FBI is acting as Bob and uh, Jonathan is acting as Alice. And that's for the purpose of the keys being able to talk to each other. Basically, each side of this is encrypted, but they're able to talk to each other directly. And Alice responds and says, just what you said, I'm uncomfortable with this arrangement. Face-to-face meetings are very risky for me, as I'm sure you understand. I propose exchanging gifts electronic, 
electronically for mutual safety. I can upload documents to a, to a secure cloud storage account encrypted with the key I provided you. You can send me a suitable gift in Monero cryptocurrency to an address I'll provide. 100,000 US dollars should be enough to understand this is a large request. However, please remember I'm risking my life for your benefit and I've taken the first step. Please help me trust you fully. So Monero is a cryptocurrency. It's uh, decentralized and it uses a publicly distributed ledger, but it has privacy enhancing technologies to make it uh, a little more anonymous than like Bitcoin per se. March 18th, 2021, um, the undercover posing as a representative of country one wrote, we understand a face-to-face meeting is uncomfortable. We suggest a neutral drop location. When you visit the location alone, you retrieve a gift and leave behind a sample we request. And then the sample, they mark something in there. Uh, but it's not shown in the com- criminal complaint. We hope to have a very long friendship that benefits mutually. Then it starts to get a little more serious, and the response... I am concerned that using a dead drop location your friend prepares makes me vulnerable. If other parties are observing the location, I will be unable to detect them. I'm not a professional. I do not have a team supporting me. I'm also concerned that a physical gift will be very difficult to explain if I'm questioned. For now, I must consider the possibility that you are not the person I hope you are. It would be very easy for the serial numbers of bills to be recorded. Tracking devices and other nasty surprises must be considered as well. I propose to modify your plan in the following way. And then he gets a little wordy. One, I will place the sample you requested on a memory card and place it in a drop location of my choosing. I'm not a professional and I am sure that publicly available information on this subject is incomplete. Two, the samples will be generated using... G-N-U-P-G symmetric encryption with a randomly generated passphrase. So then he's going to tell them where to find the card and he's going to give them uh, a Monero address. I'm very aware of the risk of blockchain analysts of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and believe Monero gives us both excellent deniability. Four, once I can some receipt of my gift, I will give you the passphrase. Your friend and I will never go to the same drop location twice. I will give you a new Monero address each time, and the description key will be different each time. No patterns for third parties to observe. The only fingerprints will be proton to proton, so there is less risk of encrypted traffic being collected for future analysts of third parties. By third parties. That part's not perfect. Perhaps as our friendship develops, we change addresses periodically. So then on April 1st of 2021, now it's a full year, the undercover response, also on April Fool's Day, we understand your concern. Appreciate the thoughtful plan as a sign of good faith. We wish to pay you the equivalent of ten thousand U.S. dollars immediately on Monero to the address you provide. Drop locations are safe and leave no electronic footprint. Your proposed method of memory card encryption passphrases is acceptable. For the small sample we requested, you will receive another twenty thousand dollars. Once you confirm the Monero address, we will activate payment. Our next step will be information on drop location we've received. This method will build trust between us for a far larger transaction in the future. Our experts are interested in information that you have, but we insist on maintaining our discretion and our security as a priority. What's insane about that is that basically for the exact reasons he suspects, they are the FBI. (laughs) Well, right. And And they cheap out on him too, which is what he says. He thought he would know it was the FBI because they cheap out on him. But he can tell But he does it anyway. So he... So this is a good example of why one wouldn't um, do this. 
I want to, yes, it is absolutely. It becomes a signal operation at this point. Like for the people who might not understand what that means is the FBI creates a task force at this point and probably has the NSA and other resources involved that I won't go deep into here where this guy's under surveillance at this point, at least electronically, they're trying to figure out who this is, but Okay. Yeah, they set up a dead drop and he shows his ass up. There's no reason for the push for the non-electronic uh, interaction. He should have realized it and stopped. I don't know how that sounds. He shouldn't have done it to begin with. But the push for the, like, I can't believe they actually got him to show up. Yeah, the, pushing him to show Are up. Are you sh- insane? Yeah. Like, he should have. He should have bailed. He, like there are still problems with this whole case for me, um, and I, I, I want to talk about it a little bit more. But like the, the first thing I want to say is, first of all, don't commit espionage. Just don't do it. But second of all, definitely don't violate the Atomic Energy Act. There's no good into you. Never like it, it is not a television show that we live in. Well, I don't know for certain um, that semantically he violated it he certainly did in spirit though um and i feel like that's kind of what they're going with here but he's still got a case for any good defense attorney to make for him but i didn't realize that spies signed up oh this is how they sign up yes um are you for real yeah this is it this is the way it happens and but the thing is most of the times nowadays because of exactly what we're like kind of seeing unfold in this case, it, they you're really just being put in prison. That that's that's what's going. And this will never go to trial. He will end up taking a plea deal on this because they're going to scare the shit out of him. Well, yeah, because espionage. I mean, they're looking, and it, so he drug his wife into it as well. Um, she's charged as well, and I believe they're both looking at possibly life in prison. Um, because when you get to the level of, uh, espionage, or if you are, you commit a, what is it? Like what? Treason, I guess. Uh, it's a national security violation. It can be treason depending on how. When you get to that point, like it doesn't matter if like, I mean, what he did was stupid and it was. It was in violation of, uh, you know, the spirit of being a United States citizen. But it was dumb. But it doesn't matter that it was dumb. He, You can go to jail for it uh, for the rest of your life. And so what I'm saying is anytime you're, uh, you're violating, like the Atomic Energy Act says, um, that secrecy that you've been granted access to, you're looking at, very harsh punishment because they're going to make an example out of you. They have a problem. They have a very technical problem with this. I want to read a little bit more then I'll tell you what the technical problem is. So (laughs) it continues. So Alice discovers that, you know, he's going to have to meet these guys and he responds, Alice being Jonathan on April 9th, 2021, he says, I'm sorry to be stubborn and untrusting, but I cannot agree to go to a location of your choosing. I've got to consider the possibility that I'm communicating with an adversary or who with an adversary who has intercepted my first message and is attempting to expose me. 
Would not such an adversary wish me to go to a place of his choosing, knowing that an amateur will be unlikely to detect his surveillance? If you insist on my physically delivering the package, then it must be a place of my choosing. I ask you to consider the viability of an electronic dead drop. I can establish an encrypted online storage account without providing any identifying information and without provoking any suspicion. Another possibility occurs to me. Is there some physical signal you can make that proves your identity to me? I could plan to visit Washington, D.C. over the Memorial Day weekend. I would just be another tourist in the crowd, but you could fly a signal flag on your roof. Something easily observable from the street, but nothing to arouse an adversary's suspicion. Okay, so this guy's just moved into like a Tom Clancy book. Yeah, but they did it. They totally did it. They told they they totally did it. Uh, so two days later, on April twenty third, Bob the UC he responds and says, uh, "You do not need to apologize. We appreciate you being careful. That is much better than someone being reckless. Your thoughtful plans indicate you're not an amateur. This relationship requires mutual comfort." By the way, if somebody tells you you're not an amateur, you like definitely are being set up by the US um, I would like to think I would have recognized that as well. It just seems like a lot of suck up um they are like uh you know the fbi has a tendency to over um behavioral analyze situations and they're like okay so this guy's looking to be like you know the he's got a hero complex so let's make him think he's really good at it that's what i imagine is happening there why there's because he could have said the person could have said all that without saying we appreciate you being secretive Well, they they go on this. They say this relationship requires mutual comfort. There is risk at both sides, and we understand your need for safety assurance of who you're communicating with. As you suggest, we can accommodate a signal in Washington D.C. over the Memorial Day weekend. We will set a signal from our main building, observable from the street. It will bring you comfort with signal and display from an area inside our property that we control, and not an adversary. Uh, if you agree, please acknowledge. We will then provide more instruction about the signal. We hope this plan will continue to build necessary trust and comfort of our identity. May 5th, uh, he responds. John responds and says, I will make plans to be in the Capitol over Memorial Day weekend. Be best to leave the signal invisible for the entire holiday weekend so I can pass by in the natural course of my tourist day. I may be on foot, passing by in a bus, car, or bicycle. Please plan something easy to spot. May 17th. The Bob responds with a signal. We're happy to set a signal to bring you comfort and build necessary trust between us. The signal will be inside our main building from Saturday morning until Sunday evening, Memorial Day weekend. They don't tell us anything about what this was, but the gist is they place a flag between May 29th and May 30th uh, at a location that's associated with Country One. So they're talking about like an embassy building or an office building. In an attempted effort to gain bona fides with Alice, they they set all this up. This is insane, right? Oh, completely. I I couldn't believe that they actually did it. It's absolute crazy pants. So the country's so the country is going along with this because, and when I say the country, I mean country number one. I was actually going to see if there wasn't some way we could look and see who had something weird out. But there's a lot of embassies. Actually, all the embassies are in Washington. To sort of see, because they give very specific details about that they did it. And he gives very specific instructions that make me think if I was driving around on Google, I could spot it. If it was, uh, if it was um, like the right time. 
If I had known about it Memorial Day weekend, I could have figured something out there. Well, why would you know about it on Memorial Day weekend? Oh, <laughs> like that's if you're involved a- in the whole thing. <laughs> it's so crazy to me because why would you think? Okay, so for one thing, if the FBI has the information, because he so he wants to know that it's not the FBI and that it is for real this other country, right? So he says to them, all right, put the <laughs> signal up for me. All right. Right. And so if they had given, so how would the FBI have gotten the information if the country hadn't given it to them? And how would the signal make any difference whatsoever being that like the two com- countries are cooperating, right? Like the United States has an ally in this country and the fact that there's an embassy in the United States uh, for them to put a signal on. (laughs) Everything has changed so much since the Cold War. I mean, really. (laughs) Or whenever spies were, you know, a big deal. Because now we actually have people that just talk to one another and say, hey, can we have this information? And yes or no. And there's actually like a course that happens um, in normal communication. So, Anybody that wants to be a spy, you're probably uh, not going to have a great gig. I would agree. Because, like, it's not as adversarial as it used to be. Uh, I think that it, I mean, with some situations it is, but it seems like a lot of countries, they have, you know, everybody wants peace and everybody wants, they don't want, they don't want countries to be at odds with one another. I have no idea who it is. Could you, could you guess? Would you guess? I looked for a number of signs. Here's where I started. I looked for countries where Monero would be used. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2021, actually in March, uh, unless you are a government person, uh, uh, both South Korea and Australia delisted Monero. Basically, they said get these off of our exchanges for crypto coins, unless you work for the government. So that made me think he was trying to use, I mean, it could be South Korea. It could be Australia in that instance. I don't, Australia is not an enemy, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, well, he could be a total idiot and have chosen an ally of some. But the other thing is he, it's translated and Australians speak English. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's why I think I, I'm going to stick with I think it's South Korea. I think it's, um. well. I, Who else could it be? That, so well, you think it's China? No, um, I no, I don't. I think it's probably a little country in the middle of Europe who has absolutely no use for submarines. And oh, that it, would be brilliant, actually. Well, I mean, honestly, technology wise. The United States is not the leader of the pack. I mean, we are to the extent that it's available and that people can afford it. I don't know that uh, South Korea or China would need the plans. Well. I mean, I'm just saying it. there's a lot to be argued with whether or not you know, he's just a moron or if he abs- if he actually violated the Atomic Energy Act. Because... You know, clearly, it. I would love to know what country it is because it would, it just would make sense to me that somebody who had access to like highly classified, you know, documents that 
you know, gave them to a country that sits in the middle of Europe and has no use for any sort of submarine situation. (laughs) Um, I think that would be great. The weird thing was, and so I saw something, and you probably saw it too. Uh, He had retired in like 2017. But he has active clearances. I saw. Yeah, but his clearances were activated at the end of like right before he did this. So he had him reactivated. And I wondered if there was a lookout because he did that. Huh. Maybe he, it goes back and forth. He drops this off. He collects the first payment of $10,000. This is over the course of June and June 26th at approximately 10 41 AM at a dead drop location. They set up in Jefferson County, West Virginia records show that uh, Jonathan was observed making the dead drop. And they call him, at that time, a government employee working as a nuclear engineer for the United States Navy who holds a top-secret security clearance through the United States Department of Defense and an active Q clearance from the United States Department of Energy. So I don't know what his like current role would be. I understand, and I read that as well. I then read that he had retired in 2017, and uh, then I was confused. Well, so his wife is a teacher, by the way. She was a, a faculty yeah, member and humanities a teacher. Quite prominent. Uh, she has a PhD in, I believe, anthropology uh, from a prestigious school, and uh, this has been a real blow. Oh yeah. Well, where they drag her into this is on that date and time when he, they observed him. So this is him, basically doing the dead drop to to start the process of being a spy like this is his real like he's he started it all and made the offer and now he's you know got a little bit of money and he's reaching out to give the first goods the real goods when he does this they accuse her of being uh approximately one meter away from him uh while he's servicing the dead drop location and the FBI agent swears that she appeared to be a lookout for him um, based on his experience. She goes ahead and then turns around and signals to him. <laughs> so now not only has he gotten himself into this, he has now dragged his wife into what they're doing here. And basically the two of them are trying to avoid surveillance. That's what it looks like. They were essentially you know, they'd gone on YouTube and read some MI6 manual that's, or listened to some MI6 manual being read aloud from 1975. And they were conducting what they call surveillance detection routes, moving in a way to attempt to detect whether they're being surveilled or followed. Again, that only happens in the movies. You'll never know in real life. No one will. She posted on Facebook that um, she needed a babysitter. Wait, Really? For that time, yeah. That they, it's in the, it's in the complaint that they followed wow. her social media, and she had posted that she needed a babysitter, like at the specific time that she ends up with her husband looking out for him. They, she even went back and changed it to asterisk, asterisk found, asterisk, asterisk, like after she got the babysitter. She updated her social media spy post. Oh my god. 
unbelievable because, you know, yeah, they're on the lookout for surveillance um, while they're, and I, and I hate to even say this kind of thing out loud because I would totally do something stupid as well. That's why I'm never going to be a spy. But um, I, you know, they're like on the lookout, but like they do stupid shit. Like they <laughs> post for a babysitter at the exact time, like on social media, like that stuff can bite you. Like, <laughs> Dear Lord. Sanity. Well, so they go, they continue going back and forth throughout June and into July where Alice and Bob are talking and he's providing documents multiple times. He has provided documents and they're able to track them all back to the same uh, version of a Mac operating system. These SD cards have metadata on them that he's not bothering to, to, erase it in a way that he, and he's using his own he's use, basically using his computer that he uses at home so this makes them start investigating the couple and she keeps coming with him by the way uh she keeps showing up and the gist of this uh, after the june 26th dead drop they determined that jonathan had worked for the u.s government since 2012 and he had worked in matters of naval nuclear propulsion from october 2012 to the present he was currently assigned to the reactor engineering division of the u.s uh navy but and the u.s reactor division is responsible for new and operating reactor plant noise and vibration technology and for assisting with shock technology design, manufacturing, and testing. He was assigned to the Bettis Atomic Power Laboratory, which is a U.S. government-owned research and development facility in Pittsburgh, uh, or outside of Pittsburgh in West Mifflin. They work exclusively on designs for uh, nuclear power for the U.S. Navy. During one of these assignments, he had access to the Navy information that is included on these SD drives and the physical letters that were initially sent. Uh, and here's the answer to our question. On September 28, 2017, Jonathan was released or discharged from active duty and maintained a reserve obligation termination date of July 23, 2020. The reason listed for his separation, which is your official leaving of the military, is that he had completed his required active service. But on March 25, 2020, his TS clearance was renewed. So that's like right before his reserve obligation terminates. Uh, and that renewal was days before the April 1, 2020 postmark date. And that's going to be a different problem for him later, maintaining that clearance pass. Because it would have been one issue if he didn't have the top secret clearance. It's a different issue if he does. They planned a July 31st, 2021 dead drop in Pennsylvania. I just want to ask you, because I caught what you said. So is it better or worse? It's so much worse. For having the clearance? Yeah. So having the clearance and doing this... Because so, it seems like not having the clearance and doing it should be worse. Because you would have stolen something. So having the clearance means that you've been trusted and vetted for having, particularly with the Q clearance with the Department of Energy, he's been vetted to a degree that he has read off. There's, there's so much that goes into that part that you're told about when you're getting your clearance that he's been warned of the penalties for what he's doing. And he did not give like, you know, a couple of pictures and stuff. These are hundreds of thousands of pages he's passing over. And he 
he's been going, he, he ends up going through like tour networks to, to give them more information as they go. There's a pretty specific, um, sort of, well, it's, it's redacted, but a pretty specific index of, of what he did. Yeah. Of, of he, he tells them like everything he has available and mentions that like, he won't be getting additional information because he's retired or whatever, whatever is happening there. Um, I, I find it very amusing. This is a this is a, an exact example of what I don't want to happen to anybody ever. Like because basically he wanted money, obviously. That's literally the only I mean it's not like he wanted the country to have access to nuclear submarines, okay? Because like why would he want that? It's stunning to me that a person with all the credentials that you were just talking about and all the clearances and everything, it's stunning to me that somebody like that wouldn't realize the implications of what they were doing. Because if he was actually giving the plans for something dangerous to our country, to another country that would use it against us, he would have so much blood on his hands if it came to fruition. Now, you know, that's a big stretch, right? From, you know, his reach out to like, you know, half of the country getting blown away by a nuclear missile uh, on a submarine. <laughs> okay, that's a big stretch, right? But think about that. That's literally what he's putting out there. Is and, and he just wants money in return. And like not only does he just want money in return, he wants a hundred thousand dollars, but then he accepts ten. Oh well to so, start with, right? Yeah, yeah, that's like the good faith gift he asked for the hundred grand. He's took literally the saying, um, it's almost like he wants them to be like, This is the FBI. Oh yeah, he's baiting them and they're baiting him. But but it's not even baiting, like it's stupid. Because why would you say your fears out loud like that repeatedly? Just stop. Because he, <laughs> he's like, uh, you know Well that's like that's why I said they're just like if you say that to somebody, like I'm scared I'm gonna get caught and this is blah 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 and you're my adversary, which first of all, how is the FBI even your adversary? Like saying all of those things things like if somebody says back to you no you seem very professional just let me go ahead and give you a clue you're not you're caught stop now and i don't want to give i don't want to give anybody any information but like there was nothing about this that ever needed to be in person ever no no none of this did and it gets so he gets greedy he's basically asking for about five million dollars in cryptocurrency if you break it out over what he's offering he's offering about 50 like sections, I don't like transactions or it's packaging. kind of hard to tell because of the way it's redacted, but it's basically enough information for he feels like it's valuable to them, I guess. I guess, it's, yeah, he goes into this whole he gets like real spy crafty, like in his mind, not in reality, but he goes into this thing about burner phones. The gist of this is the information he's offering from what I can glean from everything they've released so far. And like you said, a lot of it's redacted. Uh, the bulk of this is bullshit. So July, August, September, 
he is, you know, getting his electronic payments and he's giving up these documents. They're not like they're really designs for how to secure nuclear materials on submarines for a number of reasons, some of which could be to avoid shock, to avoid uh, contamination, to avoid uh, dealing with the sort of the being underwater with all of this. Uh, At some point they screw up one of the drops. They sit down and they, they end up arresting him uh, in this year. Uh, This complaint was drafted on October the 8th of 2021. And this is something people need to remember while all of this falls under conspiracy to violate the atomic energy act with restricted data and incidents instances of violating the Atomic Energy Act by giving a foreign nation uh, restricted data. You have to remember that part of one of the major problems with the federal government, from my perspective, is none of this should have ever happened. We've talked about it before in in how we have, have talked about crimes that are sort of thought crimes initially. Now he, he has a problem like in his case overall, he has a problem that he starts the, the sort of daisy chain that occurs here, this rabbit hole that he ends up going down. He starts it. He initiates it by apparently deciding that the best thing he can do is send a letter to Meg Stekistan and offer their landlocked country information about submarines. I don't know that that's for real. I just, like the way this all went, I could totally see it being for real. Oh no, I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but but I, this is what I really wanted to talk about this for is like my next question to you: Do you think that this is bullshit or no? Um, I feel like uh, so. I assume that you're headed down the path that everything should be wide open. I. You mean like technology wise? Well, because. Uh, like as far as this never should have happened because everybody should have access to the information. That's the first part of my, my theory on this. I feel like, okay. So in a perfect world, sure. But, and and you know, I don't know really. I know, and I know this isn't necessarily accurate, but it's how I've chosen to perceive things. The government works for us, the people, Okay. Right. They they are our servants. And I don't mean that in any sort of derogatory fashion. But um I've had the unfortunate, you know, experience of seeing how um the government becomes this overbearing monster to the citizens, right? Right. And I've chosen to say, no, that is not the case. We need our government and they work for us, right? The issue becomes if everything is available to everybody, then why would any other country ever put any money into developing anything? Because like, why should they? The United States will do it and everything's open. So we'll just get it from them. Some of, there is some value behind keeping something secret not to mention the fact that you know in the event of a major conflict in the world do you want everybody to be even 
if it's out of your control, I mean, we don't want to start a war, but like, we're not going to be obliterated. In the secrecy of having this clearance, this top secret clearance, I feel like without that, and this is a pretty big assumption, actually. I mean, we could be really surprised, I guess, if they, if there is nothing, right? But it seems to me like there's something because they're upset about nuclear storage on submarines. So while I do agree that um, it would be great if the government, the state, the country was just, you know, a living, breathing entity on its own and there wasn't any human involvement, that's not the case because our government is simply a reflection of human beings doing the work that makes it, right? Thoughts and feelings and all kinds of stuff comes in. Like, for example, this case we just talked about. Uh, this guy saw a way where he had access to something that he thought he could make some money off of. Now, you know, to talk to him, he might have a wide variety of reasons why he thought that. Yeah, I'm sure he probably did some of the work. He at least reviewed some of the work because I assume they got only got access to stuff they need access to. That's why it would be top secret clearance. Because of that, I, I walk a line because I do think it's going to be a whole lot of opinions as to like, what is top secret? What should we have access to? What's fair? And you've said before that uh, you get really aggravated and you feel like cases should be just wide open. We should have access to all the information in cases. And I, I do sort of agree with that. And then I sort of don't agree with that. And the problem is like, where's the line and who gets to decide, right? Because in my opinion, uh, Amy Mahalovich, they put all the cards on the table on her case recently on a TV show, Dateline or 2020, I'm not sure. And they said, this is everything we've got. Help us. And that was from 1989. So we're talking, what, 32 years? So it seems like, you know, all in good time, it comes out. Back then, like, they didn't give all the information. They needed something to catch. You know, they needed something to verify or they needed something, an ace in the hole, basically. And I'm like... Well, how'd that work out for you? What's the good of having an ace in the hole if you never get to play it? it? It's pointless. The key to that is having people in the positions that make the decisions that are capable of doing that. And because the way society ha- is and the fact that if you're just living your life, you don't give a crap about any of this stuff. We don't necessarily have people in positions that make the same decisions that we would make as far as like what's secret, what's released, what's available. You see what I'm saying? You're not really wrong in what you're saying. Like there are some things, particularly here's my here's my beef with this case. It's two parts. The first part is uh, this is a 20-year-old submarine. This submarine, the Virginia-class submarines that they're talking about here, there's 19 of them. Uh, they were designed to uh, replace fast attack subs, the Sea Wolves, the Los Angeles-class submarines. And those have basically uh, started to be decommissioned, so this takes the place of it. This submarine is for stealth. 
and that's that's one of the big things that comes into play here is that uh, by keeping the nuclear reactor active and silent or unable to be detected, it, it creates a better opportunity for stealth, which makes it excellent for intelligence gathering. This is also the submarine that eventually the U.S. Navy is going to attempt to mount a uh, a laser on. They have a high energy laser weapon that if you go through open source budget documents, this is the submarine that they are planning on putting a high energy uh, laser weapon of some kind incorporated into the mass that's going to have a huge power output because of these 30 megawatt nuclear reactors that are in there. You know, I know a lot about it just reading about the through the open source plans for it. You can go on and find out tons of information about these particular submarines and i understand keeping some of the technical details under wraps because i couldn't tell you exactly how fast it goes it's been rumored that it can go like 40 45 miles per hour which for a submarine is amazing but i do you know like off the cuff i can go down and i can tell you that general dynamics built it with a newport new shipbuilding i can tell you the length the beam the displacement the payload i can tell you that's got a crew of about 140 people you know i can tell you a lot about this submarine that's not my problem in this case Here's where my problem comes in. First of all, you're right in a lot of ways. And, you know, I know I have sort of a – when it comes to technology and it comes to crime, I have this sort of fast and loose way that I play with things where I do feel like most of it should not be secret. That's my personal opinion. And you're right, though. Some things probably about this should be – if they're classified or top secret or they require like a, a compartmentalized clearance, okay, fine. This guy, though. Here's my problem with what they did to him. You don't belabor this. You found out from another country he's trying to sell secrets. You identify him through the course of three months of emails and the first dead drop. They continue to follow him for six months and to see what else he's up to. They should have just arrested him on site and stopped there. Instead, instead of having some major case-built out of a, what is essentially a molehill. And in my opinion, yes, he needs to be tried. He needs to have his hands slapped. He needs to be fined. And he needs to be on some kind of government watch list where you watch him as people that will probably try and do something stupid for the rest of their oh, life. I don't think he but will. But you don't again. bait him in. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he probably. Dude, he like, peed that, his pants I mean, when he was arrested. No kidding. And that, and, and. And so once that happens, once like he's arrested and his wife is arrested and their lives, like no matter what direction you want to take this, their lives are now ruined. Nobody is going to hire the trader and nobody's going to hire the trader's wife who was his lookout. And ever. I hate that for them because I feel like, I feel like they really didn't want this. And I, I think the FBI gets off. Like he, he, that was a shot in the dark. They needed money for something. They needed yeah. something. They wanted, and they they literally just threw a bunch of hail mary passes, and one of them happened to be spying on the U.S. in a capacity that's it's not really at the end of the day, it's not that huge a deal. There are some issues with being able to build countertech, like so that they could discover this class submarine as opposed to like have their own submarine, like basically finding a way to detect this submarine would be a much bigger get right, for a but, foreign country. Right. It it doesn't really matter though. The point is somebody has made the decision that the content of these files is restricted. 
the decision was made by whomever was able to make that decision and have it stick. Because I could make the decision. I just don't think anybody would care because I'm not in any position to do that. Because it was made and he didn't have the authority to unrestrict it, it doesn't really matter what was on the documentation. Not to mention, it wasn't his to sell. No. No, you're right. I mean, it, it, is, he, it is a theft. Um, I agree with that. It's a very, very sad, sad, sad thing. They've got two little children. I don't know if they're little, actually. They've got two children. Those kids are who are really going to suffer. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy uh, for the parents. I can understand... People do desperate things sometimes. This is aiming really high, though. And, like, he should get, like, some sort of lenience just for, like, how ridiculously lame he was in his attempt to be a spy. And then they should be told not to be that way back. Because you're right. Like, (laughs) they did take it pretty far. I assume they were making the case. I also tell myself that, uh, we're giving him the opportunity to back out. Like, I know that's probably not true, but it makes me feel a little bit better. Like, maybe if he hadn't continued, it wouldn't have been enough. But, you know, essentially from start to finish, the case doesn't change. Like, his wife is initially involved once the dead drop occurs. So it didn't really add or take away anything from it. I actually just typed in while we're sitting here into the like the Justice Department search engine the name of the special agent whose last name is mm-hmm. uh, Von Trump, T-R-O-M-P. So I typed him into the search agent uh, search engine on justice.gov, and here's what pops up that's interesting related to some of what we're talking about here. On October 9th of 2020, he was honored at a special ceremony. Uh, with FBI Special Agent Peter Olentis, IRS Special Agent Tammy Debricks, FBI Special Agent Jared Jankowski, and this guy, FBI Special Agent Justin Von Trump. Uh, they, they were honored for working tirelessly on two cases involving Chinese nationals. Dr. King Yun Sun, a Chinese national, was employed by West Virginia University as a professor since 2001, contracted to the West Virginia Development Office with the West Virginia Department of Commerce to act as the governor's assistant for China affairs since 2008. Dr. James Patrick Lewis, an American citizen, was employed by WVU as a physics professor since 2006. The investigations involved countless hours of investigative work, hundreds of documents. Dr. Sun pled guilty to wire fraud in July 2020 and is awaiting sentencing in December 2020. Dr. Lewis pled guilty to federal program fall. Fraud in March 2021 was sentenced to three months of incarceration, fined $9,363 plus the cost of the incarceration, ordered to pay $20,000 in restitution to WVU. So there's your answer to country one is because uh, I'm going to bet that this guy is assigned to China. Uh, and that this con- that this guy tried to sell submarines to China. Um, well, that would be logical. That's. I think this guy's just trying to sell the Virginia class submarines to China. I don't even. They don't. don't They don't need them. That's crazy. They were. Ah, and see, I would want to know more about what was happening there too, because I don't know if you've ever looked at like government program funds. I swear, some of the people who go to jail um, for like misusing them, they had no idea what they were doing. Oh, they probably didn't even write the paperwork. Um, because to get it's the- so complicated and it doesn't. And so, as long as it's like a lot of money that it seems like somebody should have realized, like that's not supposed to go in your pocket. 
then that's fine. But like, I see cases, you know, being brought that I feel like are not justified. Um, and you know, on a federal level, like what is my little one citizen and one state voice mean? Nothing except, you know, ultimately it is part of our government. The FBI is part of our government. And I, I feel like they have things that they need to concentrate on that, um, aren't little petty financial matters because that, that irks me. It doesn't sound like it was like if I hope it was more than $9,000 because you said that it was like hundreds of hours and millions of documents and all that, that they worked on. Like, I really hope it like the restitution was not a ref Oh wait, you said, a fine $20,000 restitution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I have, um, let me look up. It really Young. needs to be more mm -hmm. than that in my opinion, but you know what? I'm not the one making those decisions. So. Okay. So, so this is, this is the outcome for that. Uh, December 4th, 2020, which is, so I was looking at a, uh, document from October, 2020. This is months later. Oh, I thought uh, you said 2021. Well, I'm talking about the the West Virginia right, but professors. Was that before or after? I thought it was like it the was, day after these people got arrested or the complaint was filed, but it's a year earlier is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sun, um, King Yun Sun pleaded guilty to two count information with wire fraud and filing a false tax return in July 2020. Uh, this is the guy that was the Chinese national employed by WVU who was working for Chinese affairs for the government. He was also employed by Sin Fuels Americas, which is an energy conversion tech company. His sentence, he was ordered to four months of home confinement, agreed to pay restitution in the amount of $6,200, and he was released from his employment at WVU, and uh, he would be monitored as part of his sentence. So what did he do? That was... That, this is the guy that... Uh, did wire fraud. Okay, but that's like literally um, any sort of crime that involves communication at all. <laughs> so in, in 2000, so the, the this is how it reads. Sun was a Chinese national employed by WVU as an associate professor and the associate director of the United States China Energy Center at the university. As part of his employment at WVU through the West Virginia Development Office, he acted as the governor's assistant for China Affairs. He was employed by Sinfuels Americas Corporation, an energy conversion tech provider of coal to liquids and gas to liquids processes, which is located in Sterling, Virginia, but headquartered in Beijing, China. From 2011, from July 2011 to May of 2015, Peabody Energy Generation Holding Company, based in St. Louis, Missouri, paid consulting fees to Energy United LC, which is a consulting business that Sun had established in 2005. The scheme involved Sun's operation of his consulting business through Energy United. In 2015, Sun traveled to China on behalf of WVU and the West Virginia Development Office to prepare for an upcoming visit to China by WVU representatives to lead a West Virginia industrial delegation for a coal expo in Beijing. Sun booked both a coach flight and a business class flight for his trip, submitting a request for reimbursement to WVU for the coach flight and submitting a request for reimbursement to Sin Fuels Americas, for the business flight. Sun only used the business class ticket for this trip. That's the first thing he starts with. That's wire fraud. 
In 2014, Sun filed a joint income tax return with his wife, grossly overstating his business-related travel expenses when a large sum of those travel expenses were paid for using a state purchasing card with WVU or reimbursed to him by WVU and Peabody Energy. He also failed to state any financial interest in or authority over a financial account in a foreign country. Sun had an interest in numerous financial accounts in China. As part of the plea agreement, Sun has agreed to pay restitution in the amount of $6,233.12. WVU. He's no longer employed there. Sun was also ordered to pay for the four months of home confinement monitoring as part of his sentencing. Okay, so he... This is the thing that the guy from the other case is being honored okay, for putting I all these hours into. I just want to make sure I years. understand this. So he double booked his flight and, and was reimbursed um, twice. Twice. Um, and he cheated on his taxes with regard to claiming business expenses that were paid by somebody else, which, you know, you're not supposed to. Or he was reimbursed. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that, yeah. Um, and then uh, he was paying consulting fees to himself and he. He's not charged with that. Well, you said it. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, so, and then was that not the wire fraud? He had a financial, and well, the wire fraud is the the ticket thing that went back and forth. I, I mean, okay, so, so yes, this is wrong. Okay, <laughs> this is wrong. You should not do this. But is this something that the FBI tells you you shouldn't do, or your mama? <laughs> I, that's the reason I'm pointing this whole thing out to you. All of this. So we went from espionage to this, but it's the same guy investigating both. That guy who had been investigating Sun for the last three years got really bored when China handed him this letter. I don't know for sure that, he that, w- that this kind of investigation would have yielded him that kind of connection. This is, do we care? Okay. Do you care about that? Do you? Do about you think that this? that man should be um, confined to his home for four months? I just, I do not think, I feel like that's la-la land. And you shouldn't do that. And Well, here's, here's how cases like this fall for me. Usually, the level of investigation they're claiming they put into this, because you'll remember that just a minute ago, I, I read you that, just searching the last name of the guy involved Von Trump. with Von Trump on the Justice Department website, I found where he was honored for, and I quote, working tirelessly on two cases involving Chinese nationals, King Yonsong, uh, and it doesn't say who the other national is, but it says that the other person is James Patrick Lewis. The investigation involved countless hours of investigative work and hundreds of documents. Okay, well, I don't feel like there was a break-even point that was worth it there. No, and so this is how I look at this. These cases are either complete nonsense or these people were doing so much worse and this is all they can get them. Well, and that should always be um, considered. However, I can't, you know, that's endless possibilities. Um, The case is what it is and it... The uh, okay, so countless hours. I don't know how many hours that is, but we're paying this FBI agent to work these countless hours. 
The government is paying him. The government is funded by our taxes. Our government's not good with money. They don't, I'm, I'm concerned that they might not understand why you wouldn't want to pay a guy $100,000 a year to get $6,000 back. I, <laughs> I mean, I get that that's like a business point of view and... Yeah, I get it. And, you know, we're talking like a couple of guys here. Um, and see, whose call is that to make? Well, the FBI agents are assigned task. Okay. I was looking to hear that this guy had like fraudulently taken hundreds of thousands to like a, over a million dollars from some sort of government subsidy that was being given to the students at the school okay that's what people picture but that's not what's right well as far as i'm concerned that's what needs to be happening in order for like six agents to be honored for like getting like shutting down the double seat buyer like are you kidding me This guy was trying I mean, to. I would oh, be, why did he even buy the other seat? Because um, he wanted to ride business class, but um, the university wouldn't pay for business class. Because <laughs> otherwise, he could have just turned both invoices in. But he didn't want to sit and coach, and that's the only thing that they would reimburse him for. Because he. But, but then, why even buy the well, coach at all? Why not just buy clearly, the business and have the other he company? Clearly, doesn't realize that. Um, like by not buying it and not getting reimbursed, like it's literally like it didn't happen at all. Just like by buying it, not using it and getting it reimbursed <laughs> is like completely weight. Like he didn't gain anything from that. We're banned in China now. They're never going to let people listen to our podcast. Hey, that's fine. I mean, I'm sorry, but... I, like you do see what I'm saying, right? Like he didn't actually need the coach seat. He could have just not gotten it and he would have literally been in the same situation except he wouldn't have committed the fraud or the what? Yeah. The wire fraud. Yeah. That's the wire. And fraud the reason being because <laughs> it's funny. Um, wire fraud is huge. Um, really, really overused. Um, And, but it's a, it's a fallback and see, I see the conundrum being the fact that somebody that the people we've put into power thought this case warranted attention from FBI agents. And in my opinion, they could have absolutely, um, you know, charged him, convicted him, but countless hours. I mean, what were they doing in those countless hours? So if they lie in a press release that they put out about the number of hours put into a case, is that wire fraud? Until there's a new (laughs) generation that comes in and then they're like, hey, the law's applied to you. Because literally, like we can talk about this all day long, but here's the thing. When it comes down to it, it's really about 
somebody making a decision right there in front of you. Like, oh, can I have this record? And the person says, no, you can't have it. It's classified. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, here's a hundred bucks. And they're like, oh, look, I just left it sitting there. It's, it literally boils down to who has what you want and their wiggle room. The problem I saw with the whole situation, um, with Mr. Tubb was that he offered something that like he thought they might want, but clearly they didn't want it. And that seems like where it all started going wrong. Well, that's sort of my point. If they, if they come back and not only do they not want your information, but they just give it back to your government and they, the, Chinese government, if that's who it is, they might not have even known they were getting him in trouble. They might have been like, so your guy left this. Um, <laughs> we don't know what to do with it. You might um, want to take this. And I know, like, we'll never know what happened in between there. And, but but this the, okay, is right this on instance, par with uh, – treason is wrong. This guy should not have been – he should not have been giving anything I, to anybody. Okay. Espionage is generally criminal, and we pay people to do that. Right, too. but see, it doesn't apply in that case. But <laughs> my point <laughs> but it is that, like, it seems about right that the same agent was on both cases. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you for joining us. We are sponsored by LabratiCreations.com. You can check them out at LabratiCreations.com, and you can still use the code CRIMEXS for a fun pop pet portrait of your own pet. You can also reach us on Twitter, Instagram, at TrueCrimeXS, or you can give us a call if you know anything about any of the cases that we're talking about at 252-365-5593. You can also reach us at Gmail at TrueCrimeXS at gmail.com, and you can check out our website at www.TrueCrimeXS.com. We'll see you next time.
couches and wine And everything's fine Just one day at a time And it gets you by Thank you. 